This week, tips on how to stretch your paycheck from the Whole Food CEO. Hint, stay away from the $6 asparagus water. And coronavirus Halloween costumes cause outrage because they're in poor taste. But slutty cop, still okay. You're listening to the Fake Outrage Report. Yes. Hello, welcome, or welcome back if you're one of our longtime listeners to the Fake Outrage Report. I am Phil, and with me as always, the uh, long-haired, fresh out of the shower, Sandeep Sen. Hello, Sandeep. Uh, Yes, Uh, shower, we'll say that. (laughs) When's the last time you showered? Uh, Oh, uh, you know, sometime within the past four days. (laughs) Do you yeah. guys remember? Do you guys remember the, the New York City shut down their subways because, um, you know, the, to get homeless people off and to clean it actually? And did they the really like written, full shutdown? Yeah, it closes from one to four now. Um, oh, on the overnight. Yeah, they've been doing that all summer, right? Yeah, yeah, since COVID, but they never mm-hmm. were doing that before. And all the articles they wrote about it were were in the sad tone when they first announced it. They're like, it was the longest continuously operating mass transit system was like wait that's why you weren't cleaning the subways this whole time to keep this insane streak alive <laughs> no we you would have voted for clean the subways i i could not shower for 200 days it's not an impressive streak it's not that's a very new shower. york attitude isn't it though it's a very new york thing to say like they're only doing it just to say like yeah we'll fucking better like to all the other cities <laughs> <laughs> yeah meanwhile they weren't cleaning the subway the whole time now they actually shut it down in the middle of the night to clean it it's like yes can we please keep that yeah, what does this have to do? Oh, yeah, what you said. Uh, so you compared your not showering streak to New York City's uh, continuous subway streak? Yes. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you're saying not showering is not a good thing. You know, you want to shower. You want the subways to be clean. Uh, yeah, then the, then the pandemic happened. They're like, wait, the homeless people, maybe we have a cleanliness issue, Johnson. Or what? <laughs> They're not yeah. coughing into their elbow. All right, shut the whole thing down. Yeah, they wait till, <laughs> till there's a literal, like, apocalypse and, like, a complete shutdown in a pandemic for them to be like, yeah, you know, maybe Hose this thing down more than once a week. Like, <laughs> it's like they cut, they call the Chinese wet market unsanitary. Have you seen Times Square Station at 3 a.m.? Yo, buddy, yeah, I've seen, I've, because I've arrived at Penn Station coming back from, um, you know, other places at on the last train that gets back. Have you ever been to Penn yeah. Station on the last train that gets back at like 2 30, almost three in the morning? It's, dude, it, there's seriously like more than 150 homeless people just lining the fucking place. It's crazy. And it's probably like that all day now because there's nobody, there's no normal commuters in, in New York uh, right now. Yeah, and the worst is they'd, they'd sleep on the subway and then you're, you're trying to get on the subway late at night and the, 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 the benches are lined uh, yeah. with homeless people. And then in the mo- sometimes it lasts in the morning. Like you get in, you try to go to work early in the morning and someone's still sleeping it off. It's like, uh, hey, oh, come on now. We got to get up. You yeah. got to get up. <laughs> I, I never do that. I'm, I'm usually like my average wake up time, even when I am working, because like, you know, I work at a hotel and do comedy is probably around 11, 1130 a.m. So by the time I'm even awake, <laughs> it's, you know, it, we've done the whole morning rush. They're They're mostly cleared off of that. Uh, anyway, nobody hours. wants to hear. Yeah. Huh? I was gonna say you're on homeless hours. Yeah, yeah, just about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, as are most uh, most comics. Anyway, uh, let's take a minute to introduce our third voice you're hearing today. Matt Levy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy Hello. to be here. Definitely. Now, Matt, you are a guy that I've known for just sort of like, you know, we're not like good buddies, but I've known you for what, like four or five years now. 
You're my Just favorite kinda, acquaintance. Yeah, no, you're you're in my top five for sure. Like, there's some people you you hang with. We're and excellent some acquaintances. People, yeah, yeah. Some people that when you run into them, you're like, oh, what's up? Like, you're always like happy to see them. Yeah, you know, because we always run into each other. Few more good fun. interactions, you would have been his worst friend. But yeah. you're, you're, in the, you're in the best of acquaintances. Best acquaintances. Right it's kind of like sure. it kind of like tennis. Like when you go pro, you suddenly go the back to the bottom of the rank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of one of those things. Uh, anyway, so yeah, you you always have stuff going on. I know you were working on this thing about a year or two ago you were doing like series of like uh open mic documentaries i did i made just one yeah oh okay i didn't i wanted to do more but um no one ever wanted or was available to make any other after that but yeah i made one micumentary but you you couldn't you couldn't find bored new york comics to do anything (laughs) i feel like you're in the first one i totally forgot i know i am i was that's how i knew about it yeah um yeah i wanted to do another one that was based on just the day of hustling from mike to mike to mike Uh and um i really wanted to do it with one of my favorite comedians brian bahi and he was never available Mm. and then honestly this is kind of sad i wanted to do it with steve whalen as my replacement oh man okay so let me for those of you who aren't like specifically people in the new york scene which is a good amount of you um steve willen is a guy who wrote like very jokey jokes and he passed away tragically about a year and a half ago i want to say no he died a month before covid oh okay february yeah Yeah. i guess i I just feel like it it was that long ago because it's been a long fucking six months uh sleeping in my parents house here but uh so as no but the other thing people might not know is that like people who are like newer comics in new york or even oftentimes more experienced people that just want to get their reps in there's like open mics in new york city that seriously start at like on a weekend at like noon and on a weekday at like three maybe four p.m and if you're like there are people who hustle to like you know, some people will do two, some people will do just one. And then there's some people who will do like seven or like eight in one yes. fucking day. And um, all the and, same bits at every one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's the thing is that people, um, when you're trying to get your reps in, you don't just like, they're not all in one neighborhood. So sometimes you'll start um, in the East Village then you'll head down to Prospect Heights, Brooklyn. Okay. Then you want to do another one. You come back to the, uh, the Village Village. Then, okay, there's another one in Midtown I want to do. And then I'll cap it off in Astoria. Oh, wait, somebody just hit me up. I can get, I can grab a late night spot on the 1230 uh, back in Midtown or, you know, down back in the Village. And people don't understand how like much just commuting there is involved in, in being an unemployed loser comic that a lot of these people go through. So I think it was cool that you at least wanted to do that. What's your record for most sets in a day for either of you guys? Um, if we're counting both mics and shows, I want to say not as high as some people. I want to say seven. Never done that. Is is a lot, but like, and that's no. But the thing is that that's because some of them do like they let you go up twice, you know. Uh, and okay. so that's counting maybe one of those. But yeah, I've had days where I start at the um, and this is inside baseball, by the way. But I would start at autos at like three p.m. Do that one. And then I would just go to Brooklyn and probably do, yeah, for seven, I think's my record. I, I don't like to do that. You know, as I aged, quote unquote, I like to top out around three because I feel like I'm not getting anything more out of it. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's not as much of the number. It's, sometimes it's the hours you put in. You start at 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. and you go until like 1 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> between commuting, riding on the subway and going up and waiting to go up and all this. So it, it, it's a hustle, man. So, you know, I, at, at the time when you mentioned that Matt was doing an open mic, micumentary, I was yeah. thinking like, oh God, who the fuck would want to watch this? But as you're describing it, and I'm trying to like put myself in the people who've never done it. Yeah, that is something interesting. It is something to be like, 
I think that would be like lay people. I, you know, as people who do open mics, they're not, you know, they're not exactly glamorous and they're sort of can be soul crushing at times. Oh my God. Very people, necessary. Yeah. You're it's right. Kind of people, like, it's kind of like working out. Like I'm like, Oh, like I want to do documentary about doing bicep curls. I'm like, wait, who would want to see that? But actually, no, there is something to it. Uh, I want to see, sure I want to see Sandy work out. <laughs> <laughs> well the other thing too that people don't realize is that the people that grind and hustle these things you do these things these performances in like the worst shittiest most disgusting like dive bars that haven't been renovated since like the 1970s because people yeah. always think oh you new comedy you're going up at like caroline's in the cellar and it's like all this yeah. fun it's like no like 95 percent of it actually sucks ass and it's fucking terrible honestly hey, also, i don't people from People in different cities might have a view of open mics because the ones they've gone to are like these big rooms and oh, yeah. many people come to watch the open mic and everyone's there to like cheer on the, the amateurs. Oh, yeah, no. It's not like it's, it's only people at an open mic in New York are the people who are doing the mic. Yeah, it is and like they're, workshops. They're working on their notes. So it's very, no one's going to Oh, it's so soul crushing. Uh, anyway, we don't need to talk about that. That That's super sad. Let's move on to outrage. <laughs> sure. Or, or actually, wait, before we do that, um, is there anything else creatively that you're you're still kind of uh, going on with right now? Yeah, I've been doing a ton of sketches over the course of the quarantine with my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've made, I want to say, like 15. And then I wrote a play about a really weird season of SNL that okay. I'm very proud of. The, I don't know if you guys know, but the 1980-81 season of SNL. Uh, Lauren Michaels left and there was a female showrunner named Jean Domanian who mm-hmm. took over for just one year and Eddie Murphy got his start that year, but it is considered the worst season of SNL. I've been obsessed with it forever. I wrote a play about it. Wow. I've never heard this. Yeah. It's the that. strangest really like cool. footnote in comedy history. One female yeah. showrunner in the history of SNL. I mean, and it, that, that just goes to plays. show you that that's what happens when you let women take over in comedy. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> I knew that Phil joke was coming, baby. There Everyone, dude, you teed that right up for me. But <laughs> anyway, um, no, that, that actually is interesting. I didn't know that was a thing. I just assumed like that that came out of Lorne Michaels's ass and then it's it stayed did? there ever since. No, um, there's so, been brief respites where he wasn't uh, the guy at the helm of it. So you, and you wrote like a play about it? I did, yeah. Like a screenplay or like like a musical production live there's, action? There's no, there, I guess there is uh, two musical numbers that are song parodies. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, it's like a play play that like Aaron Sorkin would have written. Like I was trying to wow. steal his voice. Yeah. I mean, I'm, right. I'm obsessed. I read books about it. I uh, forced myself to finish it and I did a reading on my birthday. It was pretty cool. And I got Nico White to play Eddie Murphy, which Amazing. was very oh, exciting. That's- yeah, that, that is pretty it good. Cool. I, bet he, I bet he enjoyed that. Oh, um, so all good. right. So what's it called? We got the beer sketch coming in. The beer sketch? Yes. What's what's yeah. it about? Beer. <laughs> and it's a sketch. Uh, okay, I think it's I called yes. uh, 1980-81, The Forgotten Season. Okay. I mean, is yeah. it online or do you have to go, like, do we have to wait for the world to come back to normal to buy tickets for it? Or how, well, how the, the woman, Jean Domanian, is a play producer now, and I'm dying to just like get it in her hands but it's kind of painting her in a negative light so uh-huh. it's who knows i don't know but i would love to actually make this thing and then just have like hamilton money forever yeah i mean in the me too slash woke era that's a hard sale making like the uh making a female villain especially in the creative field i don't i, don't, I mean i'm I rooting know. for you but i don't know about that she's, she's nuanced she's an anti-hero 
So, okay, fair yeah. enough. She's, she's a protagonist, as we exactly. could possibly say. Yeah, yes. she's not a villain; she's the protagonist. All right. Well, I look forward to having <laughs> you on it. the show again when this gets released and you get called sexist on a mass scale. That's when I'll know I finally uh, yeah. belong on this podcast. When you've got some yeah, haters, but play, play you in the movie. <laughs> As far as that goes, though, let's talk about some present day outrage right now. Yeah, uh, baby. We are going to start this is the in the ultimate present day. It's, this is the ultimate timely story, and it was bound to happen. Mm-hmm. Amazon has come under fire for selling COVID 19 Halloween costumes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it seemed to come over significant fire for something called, from something called the UK based Patient Association. And the charity's chief executive, Rachel Power, uh, this is this is came on the on the sun. Uh, these masks show terrible lapse of judgment by the manufacturers and sellers, and I hope they'll be removed from sale quickly. Uh, she wanted to say, I have no doubt the great majority of people will find them hugely distasteful, and I can't imagine many people would wish to wear one. Uh, I don't know. Clearly, Chief Executive Rachel Power has never been outside on Halloween. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love how she just she just bequeathed outrage on the majority of people who she's never talked to, and on the great majority of people. She just on it. She just she's just now suddenly this the spokesperson for the great majority of people, uh, and said it shows a lapse of judgment. I mean, to me, what shows a lapse of judgment is the Chief Executive of a patient organization. Wasting time complaining about Halloween costume. Like she had to yeah. like set up this interview by the sun. You know, they had to go back and forth with the with the reporter and setting up a time. And then she had to like block off her schedule for that time. What are you doing, Rachel? What what is going on? Well, I was gonna say the thing about these masks is you shouldn't be outraged. These people will actually be wearing masks <laughs> on Halloween. Like it's yeah, effective. That's true. Like this is what your body could be. It's a cautionary tale. I thought it was smart. Yeah. This is almost like, like a public health uh, announcement here. Yeah. Where, where the, yeah. I, I like that angle. That That's pretty funny. I mean, Sandy, how many, every year since you and I have been doing this show, in fact, the first episode when you officially took over, I distinctly remember we did a power ranking of like the most offensive Halloween uh, or no, no, never mind. That was, that was a nine 11 thing. But every year in this show, <laughs> we have at least uh, one or two stories of people that are upset about somebody else's Halloween costume. And the conclusion we come to is usually around the same thing, which is like, bro, it's Halloween. Chill the fuck out. Yeah. You know? That's the point. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, These are I mean, kind of funny looking masks too. Yeah. I mean, cause every year, I mean, every year we we've seen at least one, like somebody did like the nine 11 twin towers costume with a buddy. Uh, I mean, somebody did a Trayvon Martin with a bullet hole one years ago, like that one. Okay. I understand maybe, but this is fucking COVID. Like, come on, relax. Like I've you seen do sound like a Trump for, house. You do sound like a white house staffer when you say that, uh, you know, I, I wish I was COVID, making, man. <laughs> yeah. I wish I was making white house staffer money. Okay. That's uh, <laughs> Yeah, and speaking of White House staffers, half of them have COVID now, so you know, I know. it's all it's all tied together. Um, but yeah, it, this is one of those things where, uh, of the hierarchy of things you get pissed off about in Halloween, uh, this I, the fact that this is on people's radar is kind of the tailor made shit for this show. I almost feel is that kind of what you thought when you read it too, Sandy? What are people? The, the whole point of Halloween is to guess is to dress as things that are scary. That and yeah. this is the ultimate. Like death is. The ultimate scary thing, but they're they're like they're they're um, putting their outrage on things that might kill you, but like the most common one of the common Halloween costumes is actually death. 
You know? Yes. I, yeah. I hate like all this, like, well, what would the per- what would the person with COVID think? It's like, well, what would anyone who died think? So when you're dressed as death. But <laughs> that's the point of Halloween. Yeah, if you dress up as like a pirate or a ghost or you know, something like that, it's like you're dressing up as other dead people. You know, it's like it's the same thing. What the fuck? Yeah, uh, yeah. The they so they had an interview with the spokesman for the National Patient Advocate Foundation, which I guess that's the American version of the UK uh, thing. And they also th- that person's also like every year there's someone who thinks it's funny to wear a really distasteful Halloween costume. Yeah, because it is. There's someone. There are many people. That's why it's a fun holiday. Because <laughs> <laughs> blowhards like you don't get to dictate your taste of the world. I love he, Halloween. Like, he did say I wouldn't let my kids wear COVID nineteen masks, but I can't arbitrate whether or not Amazon should sell it. Okay, well that's not bad. Uh, what I do know is Americans, uh, millions of Americans who had COVID or lost someone deserve our compassion, support, and respect. If and the freedom else. to wear that mask. Yeah, because right. it's America. <laughs> they do deserve your respect. You can still wear a COVID-19 mask. The mask kind of looks like uh, if someone came on a Mutant Ninja Turtles face. Yeah. It, it, so <laughs> it I guess doesn't it's, look like offensive. It just yeah, looks like silly. the design of it, it's like it, they try to make it look like a molecule kind of, I guess, yeah. like like the virus, like the, like the actual microorganism. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't have the patience for shit like this in the show. This is one of those ones that just there's not much discussion. Like it's just it's fake outrage and go fuck yourself. Like there's just it's Halloween. Have fun. I mean, yes, if you were a COVID patient, that is far more offensive. Like you know, if you're dead, Herman Cain. Like I would not want to. I'd be offended if I saw that. But if I see a little COVID mask well, on he, a child, he's not gonna see it. Players. He's dead, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> The thing is, too, like the design of the costume is like borderline cartoony. Like no one who's had it is going to look at that and have flashbacks. You know what I mean? It's, yes. It's not possible. Yeah. It's fucking. They might be like, well, that guy's kind of a dick. But then the fact that he's probably standing next to a dude who's dressed up like a literal penis and, uh, you know, standing next to some girl dressed up like the chick from the Handmaid's Tale or whatever. Like these are all things that you could find a way to get offended by. Like you, you could eventually, you could take any Halloween costume throughout history and find a way to get offended by it. Like well, name I mean, a Halloween costume. Way more people than like anything, and you can have a gun as part of your Halloween costume. No one cares. This is yeah. They they always speak on behalf of COVID victims. And first of all, you don't do that. No one, no one speaks. No one's interviewed all the COVID victims. And I'm I'm very positive if you've had COVID and if you had death from COVID, you're still not offended. Many of these people don't don't see the issue with dressing up in a mask of COVID. Um, they're like, yeah, it is scary, and it's something to do for Halloween. And many people feel like that. Some people be offended, but we can't just every time someone's offended at something, be like, oh well, we can't do that thing, or they might people might be offended. Now we're just assuming that people are offended, and especially uh, at Halloween. Um, exactly, I totally agree uh, with, with that whole thing, Sandy. That I can. I don't know. This I feel like this one. There's not much more discussion on. I'm just gonna have to put that fake outrage stamp on it right up front. So that's my vote. There's a patient advocate foundation. This is what I don't understand. And then these people are giving these interviews. Good. I maybe if they're trying to be like, all right, this is publicity for our thing. Like this guy's like, if you if you are offended, use that energy to donate to a local food bank while wearing a real mask. All right, yes. fine. You know, maybe like get, that. get the word out. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, fake outrage. Fake outrage. And Matt, are you with us on this one, or do you have a hundred percent? This is the. <laughs> dumbest story ever that it's even a story (laughs) 
this is just people creating more clickbait for me and you to argue over. We're, we're arguing yep. about how it's dumb. They've created the ultimate second degree fake outrage out of this story. Yeah, you know, you're right. We're, not we're mad about, about how dumb this is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say that. We're not arguing that's dumb. We're just like, how dumb is it? <laughs> like, It's extremely it, dumb. Extremely, yeah. And then stories like this, like I said, they feel like they're tailor-made. I mean, we have a fucking entire show dedicated to shit like this. Because yes. there's so much of this dumb shit. Anyway, do you guys feel in our world, if someone complains about something, everyone now has to like, some people just like to complain. Sometimes yeah. complaints are, are uh, you know, overblown or you don't have to, li- everyone doesn't have to listen to the person who's complaining. And I feel like everyone has to now listen to the person who's complaining. You can't just be like, yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying, but, you know, let people be. And uh, it's not really causing any problems and uh, chill out. But no one, you can't really say that to people anymore, can you? Yeah, no, because everyone thinks their opinion fucking matters. But and then, but then everyone has to tell you that everyone's opinion matters. And everyone's opinion can't matter. There's too That's, many opinions out there. You know whose opinions we should, matter? Ours. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, we, we need to come up with a hierarchy of opinions. Mm-hmm. Well, when like, it comes uh, to outrage, we're at the top, obviously. Uh, uh, us yeah, and, yeah. For, and anybody who's ever been on our show. We, 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 we have top authority on that. Uh, and then when it comes to all other issues, you got to let people have, you get, like people, I, I, let me extend on your point, Sandy, because I, I think that you're right. But I think it's not only that people have opinions, but people dismiss the opinions of people who objectively know more about shit than they do. Like people reject expert opinions on shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like for example, with the COVID thing, everyone always points to that guy, Dr. Fauci. But then there's like a good chunk of the population who's like, fuck that guy. What does he know? You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, really, motherfucker? You gonna... don't need masks at the beginning. And then we learned that we need masks. And then he changed his mind to fit the data and the science. And fuck that guy. It wasn't right from the beginning. Yeah. Know everything. And I mean, well, he kind of was caught lying, but it was for a specific reason. But anyway, that, that, that's a whole different no, no, topic. No, he but... We didn't know about the asymptomatic spread. So then it's like, well, if you have a mask and you have symptoms, well, we need the mask for the people in the hospital. But just don't go out if you have symptoms. But then they're like, oh, shit, there's a lot of asymptomatic spread. Now everyone does need to wear masks. Yeah, well, no, the whole thing with him, though, was that, like, they he told everyone to not wear masks because they didn't want everyone to just, like, buy up all the masks because they needed to get them to the hospitals quicker. So, I like, it's one of those, like, do the ends justify the means things. But, like, again, we're not a political show, so let's not get into that. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Um, so you mentioned Amazon earlier. This is a – we're going to move on to a company owned by Amazon, Whole Foods. Yes. So this is an unintentional Amazon episode of the show. We, we always really end up taking unintentional themes every episode with this fucking show. Anyway, so Whole Foods CEO John Mackey, in an interview recently with the New York Times, interviewed by David Gillis, uh, they were talking about Whole Foods and talking about the, uh, the, the question that was posed was, is the obesity epidemic in America a function of uh, access or is it a function of just people being ignorant and you know, voluntarily eating food that's shitty for them. And uh, John Mackey, I'm not going to read all the quotes because it was like, there's a bunch of them. I kind of just want to summarize best I can. He basically said that uh, it is not an an issue of access and it's not an issue of affordability, uh, that it's basically just an issue of what people have been buying and that people are, you know, like foods that are shitty for you. People like things like French fries, ice cream, and popcorn. And, uh, you know, and so that's what, a lot of stores sell because that's what the market is asking for. And uh, people make poor choices due to ignorance. And that that last part was a part to piss a lot of people off because the whole argument against Whole Foods and, you know, I don't shop at Whole Foods, 
but basically he got lit up on Twitter for saying all this stuff. He, people were saying, one person said, we have no money to buy your overpriced bullshit. And somebody else said, we can't afford your $6 asparagus water. Which is a real fitting. product. Yeah, that's a real yeah, thing. Yeah, they showed a picture of the real product. <laughs> I like There's that. actually yeah. $6 asparagus water, which is very funny. Yeah. Uh, and so he, he, he puts it on, uh, on the people that saying that people need to be wiser with their food decisions. So uh, this discussion has two separate parts. It, one is Whole Foods and their prices. And then the other is the general sort of population of, uh, you know, is it the fact that a lot of people don't have access to good food or is it just that they choose not to get it? Well, I know Joe Rogan has talked about this at length before oh. and has gotten shut down and says it's all on the individual, yes. which is not really true. I mean, as an affluent person myself, I could definitely eat better, but that's not the case for everybody, mm-hmm. uh, certainly. Um, and also this coming from the you know, guy that runs Whole Foods is a little problematic as well, Yeah, considering it essentially just comes across like an ad. You know what would solve everything? Making me richer. <laughs> if you just shop at my store, all problems will be solved, which is not necessarily true. Some of it's genetic. And a lot of mm-hmm. uh, this debate, as a person who feels like they have a little stake in it, because I am heavier than both of you guys have been heavy my whole life, I, uh, maybe not as huge, but you know, yeah, I, was gonna say, belly. I don't think, I don't think of you as a fat dude. I um, identify as a fat guy. So I was a little offended. Oh, well, if you identify as it, no, that fucking, that changes <laughs> uh, I don't want to fuck up your, your, your adjective pronoun. Anyway, <laughs> keep going. Sorry. My sexuality is fat. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a refrigerator sexual. That's, uh, that's what I am. No, but I, I just feel like uh, someone preaching to uh, the overweight crowd that it's uh, an economic issue is uh correct it is economic but a personal choice issue uh, it's kind of a gray line mm, i'm i'm a little torn on this but i i hate to say this uh i agree with a lot of what the ceo guy said <laughs> i do i know it's dickish um but like for the most part y- y- here's the thing the whole premise that people like to present um is that like oh it's impossible to eat healthy on a diet it's really not uh, if you're willing to cook a little bit, at least a little bit of your own food, I mean, you can buy things that are high in protein, and relatively healthy for decently cheap, um, especially nowadays. And so it's, it's certainly one of those things. Well, first of all, I do want to say fuck Whole Foods. <laughs> like that store is overpriced. It's shitty. I, I, I've probably been inside of a Whole it's Foods le- less than five times. I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fan. So in that angle of like that place is overpriced. And, and if he's trying to say like our food's the solution, then yeah, fuck that guy and fuck that store. Um, but, but as he far wasn't as in general, he, huh? He wasn't saying buy the whole foods bar. The, he wasn't no. saying buy the asparagus water. Mm-hmm. He wasn't saying buy the high margin items. Uh, you know, processing food, like making prepackaged meals that adds, that does add cost. Yeah. Um, and I now, if you buy like organic vegetables, and that you, you can you can spend a lot of money, but you can also buy many fruits and vegetables very cheaply. Uh, yeah, and and yeah, if you like the the idea that there isn't a choice that people have no choice but to eat unhealthy, I that that's just not true. Yeah, that's uh, can, well. The thing you guys are missing is the economic disparity. We all come from a slight place of privilege, so. 
there is. Oh no no no! I, well, I, yeah. If you have if you have no money, if you have yes. very little money, lentils are very cheap. Lemon is very cheap. I, I, Bananas I shop are very all the time cheap. and cheap. Tuna yeah. is very cheap. That's high in protein. Uh, right. I mean, you know, beans. Beans are high in protein. They're very and by cheap. the way, people are buying soda. They are buying cookies, which are expensive. Soda is you can drink water, which is free. Versus and the soda industry is huge. I mean, there's a lot of sugar laden products. Sure. And, sure. And and processed foods that people are buying that isn't a cheap thing. It's a taste thing. And so yeah, like also eggs are cheap. Corrected. Those are good for you. Um, well, there, there's a conflation here. They're like, well, you sell expensive overpriced shit. So therefore, fuck you. You don't know. Yeah, no, yeah. he's not saying buy the expensive overpriced shit. He's saying you can you can lay off. You can eat, make healthier. You can choices, make different choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, people can. And yeah, so people we, do buy stuff that they that isn't just on a but they're actually like purchasing soda, which they don't have to purchase at all. One one option is free. Yeah, so this story reminds thing. me a little bit of um, there's a story we did about a year ago where there's like a fitness lady in, in England who uh, who was said on TV to, that like, you know, that like fat shaming is a good thing and that like we should be doing more of that because it's healthier as a society if we fat shame more. It's sure. kind of in the same uh, genre of outrage as that story. And yeah, I agree with everything you just said, Sandeep, is that, yes, it, on one hand, you know, fuck Whole Foods, they're very expensive and I hate them. But on, the, on like the larger <laughs> discussion is what you just said. You just named off the whole, you know, lentils and all this stuff. It is possible to eat um, healthy on a budget. And the other thing too that people like to mention a lot is the concept of what they call food deserts. Um, you know what I'm talking about when I say food deserts? Yeah. Apparently there aren't enough grocery stores in like low economic zone areas that serve like that have like yeah. fresh fruits. And that part, and I, like I that. agree with that general yeah. part of the conversation. However, and it the is places really... that are there are very selling really high markup of, yeah. of food it, well, because there isn't enough competition. Shitty around. bodegas. And yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that is slowly changing over time it, in a weird way. That's like a case for gentrification <laughs> because like Whole Foods is in, is in Bushwick now of all places. Um, which, you know, 20, 30 years ago, that was not a good neighborhood. And so there are, there is more of a demand through society for, uh, for better foods. And one thing he did say was that the market will provide uh, what people want. And I mean, have you noticed over the last decade or so that there's oftentimes like organic versions of most things and healthier versions of most things, as well as in any restaurant, there's, uh, there's usually some type of vegetarian or vegan option at most places nowadays. Um, and uh, so especially like, in New York. Oh, especially in New York. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and that's the thing is that like, so I, I think a lot of what he's saying is true. I think people do have for the most part, except in, in, in very specific in very unfortunate circumstances, economically, people do for the most part have access to foods. Just that a lot of the country decides to eat fucking you know, fried and barbecued goddamn everything all the time. Because it's so yeah. fucking tasty. And I, I completely agree that yeah. unhealthy foods are tasty and oh, you'd rather amazing. buy those things. But that's a different thing than affordability. And yes, you can you can spend a lot of money frivolously on organic or so-called healthy things, but you mm -hmm. can also spend very little money. And, you know, you, that and that is the choice that he's talking about. You know, mm -hmm. I like they're like, He's like he's like in the food industry, and then like, well, you your source has a lot of expensive shit, so what do you know? But that's mm -hmm. that's a different argument than what he was actually saying. That's true. It's a bit yes. of a straw man. Yeah. Um, I will say I've been eating healthy food over the course of the pandemic. Uh, you know, like your typical meal kits, like the uh, 
Blue Apron adjacent meals like Hello Fresh and Green Chef. How with, are those, by the way? Because I see the ads for it. Uh, they're good. They're very tasty. But I mean, we're putting my wife and I are putting olive oil in it, and it ends up not being as healthy as you think. Like, yes, you can make lentils and you can uh, make uh, just brown rice and uh, essentially healthy versions of everything, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. Some of it is genetic. Like uh, there is that thing about weight loss that like, it's not always super easy to lose weight. Although I did just have like three homemade brownies before this podcast. Well, wait, there, there is a genetic nice. aspect, but our, our yes. genes are not changing. Our genes in America have not changed in 20 years, but our fatness level has changed immediately. So I always feel mm. like the genetic thing's a little of a straw man too. Fair, because, fair. I blame everything. Before a given gene, we're getting fat. <laughs> well, when but, in doubt, blame the genes, baby. I got cut from the basketball team. <laughs> Fuck genetics. That girl got me. Fuck genetics. <laughs> it's raining today fucking genetics yeah uh, but this is the this is the thing is people can complain and no one can call bullshit on complaining anymore you like well, it's too yeah you have to like fucking empathize yeah. you have to like yeah you are making bad choices and yes it is better to eat less tasty food. it's more it's more fun to eat, eat shittier foods but now no one can be like yeah dude you're you're eating shitty and like well no it's a cost and it's an economic issue and, and one don't thing talk I, to me and go fuck yourself yeah, and no sure. one can be like you're complaining too much <laughs> one thing i also do want to mention at one point in the article he said that uh we're all food addicts and that we love things that are rich and that are sweet and that i agree with I and mean, i think that food addiction is something that i think a lot of people people don't take it seriously um, but, I, you know, I, I'm related to somebody who went through that. And we all know at least a few people who were literal food addicts, you know, because when you eat some of this really bad food, be it fast food or homemade brownies or cookies or French fries, whatever it is, um, it does fire off certain parts of the brain in the same way that some drugs and like porn does for some people. Oh, it's, and com- so it's some called people, comfort food for a reason. Yeah. No, yeah. And so, it exactly, makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah. You get that dopamine rush. And so there are some people that get really hooked on really shitty food and people will say, Oh no, they just got to, you know, fucking make better decisions. And these fucking people, um, I feel for those people a lot because it is, I mean, look, I, I'm lucky with genetics. As you mentioned, Matt, um, I love fucking French fries. You know what I mean? I fucking I, there. It's my favorite goddamn thing. Um, but you know, you know I can't. I, do I just want to say though, I think there are people who who, who genetically are uh, uh, are worse off for sure. Mm-hmm. But Phil, I've spent a lot of time with you. You yeah. work very hard at how you look. You, I would not mm-hmm. say that your the way you look is. You can't just chalk that up to luck. Um, Phil makes a very healthy food choice. He eats, he eats when he eats junk food. Let me just tell you guys, he eats these disgusting things called pop chips, which are the shittiest <laughs> fucking version of a, I have real a box chip. of pop chips over here. They're fucking what, what flavor? What flavor? That's when he picks like out. That's when he's getting best. all crazy. Those are okay. I'm over sour cream and onion guy, but uh, you know, he's, uh, I respect disgusting, the barbecue. But they also are pretty healthy as far as chips go. Phil works out for what? Six days a week. I mean, really six days. Yeah, a t- week. Today's Not my like, off day. Um, right. So he, he literally has an off day. He like he really will eat like healthy foods and healthy choices. And I don't I rarely see him pig out. Sometimes late at night we get a pig out, but he'll be he'll have been on his feet for like 10 hours lifting people's luggage at work and oh, yeah. he will have worked out. So like, Phil, it's your your shit is not I don't I don't see it as someone who spent time with you as a as a luck thing or really a genetic thing that much. Well, I appreciate that on, on, on a personal level. Um, and we are we are all lonely if you want to fuck. But the, the point is, <laughs> um, it, you know, the the genetic thing as a, a population whole, I think, is more what Matt was getting at. And it's where there, there right. are there's a good chunk of the population that's not as lucky as someone like me. And so 
you know, do we blame them for their own food choices? Is, or is sort of the, the we have to get well, back to the original conversation. Well, to get back to the original conversation, you have to under you have to be you have to come from a place where wait, this is something I can learn about and this is something I can help, as opposed to, oh well, some food is cheaper and I'm just gonna buy them and fuck people who say I can't. That that's where you that's where you lose it. So like like yeah. some people have food addiction. There are some foods that have a higher glycemic index. They cause you to re- they cause it they cause a high insulin to be released. They cause you to feel more hungry soon. And there are some foods that are going to keep you filled up a little longer. And this is, but you have to come to a place where, okay, I have to learn about this shit. I'm overweight or whatever. Let me see what I can do myself. And I think that's where the guy's talking about choices and like, and, you know, coming from a place of, uh, all right, well, what can I do about this? Instead of just being like, fuck the guy from Whole Foods. I say we start at the very beginning. Okay. And think back to your parents who were, you know, frazzled because, you know, they live in a townhouse and you're their first child and they're working and they don't have time to actually, uh, you know, prepare the lentils and uh, dishes that everyone would like a child to have, nor as a child, do you have taste buds that are that refined and you kind of start off at a disadvantage because by the time you're three or four, you're already overweight. And this may be due to economic, uh, disparity within the community because you know uh you your parents are working so much and they have to work doubles and all they can do is give you fast food or prepared or processed you know frozen meals and then you start off as someone who's overweight and then you have to kind of overcome that your entire life and then you're already addicted to these foods and making that change isn't necessarily as simple as uh it should be um my mom works this is going to sound so preachy, but my mom works for a native American health community center and a lot of her job, you were born with woke points. I know, (laughs) but she works and a lot of her job is going into, uh, helping these, these, these young kids. Uh, it's, she teaches them about nutrition because, you know, they grow up and it's really difficult to actually get off on the right foot because, you know, their parents are so busy and, you know, it's just so much easier to just say, Hey, I just heated up some chicken nuggets as opposed to, you know, making a fresh, simple meal every day. So like, it's kind of like you can start, you know, with a 10 yard penalty as opposed to, you know, you're like kicking field goals just with your health. I completely agree with that. Um, I just, I think, and I think that's where the outrage is from on this is because, uh, this guy is sort of saying to those people like quit being fucking ignorant. Let's go. Let's, you know, let's get the healthy stuff. And, his, and yeah, there, tone, there is a segment of population like that. His tone wasn't like you people are fucking ignorant. He's like, you know, <laughs> we can make better food choices. His tone was what his mom, your mom is doing to the native American population. Exactly. He's trying to teach them. Yes. But way. he just, he just was kind of like, y'all are dumb is kind of the vibe like, I got. That was not the tone in some sense for food addicts. We like rich I think things. that's how it was interpreted by everybody. We were like, oh, oh. Right. What, what I got from it was like, oh, this guy is coming and he's the Whole food CEO. And yes, he's been eating healthily his entire life and he's wise about it and it's great. But, you know, some people don't necessarily have that privilege and it could easily be misconstrued what he was trying to say even if uh what he only had the best of intentions like if he really wanted to do something about it he would say you know what i'm going to do i'm going to open a whole foods in every impoverished community and everything is 50 percent off and you can i don't know if that's the right and mindset now everyone, to have with this 
Yeah, just say, you know what? I want to save the world. I don't care about making any money. I would rather go into these communities and just, boom, help everybody out and replace McDonald's with, you know, these $6 <laughs> asparagus waters that kids can get hooked on when they're three. <laughs> so now everyone is healthy forever I, and our lifespans go up. While I admire your idealism and everything you just said, I, I don't just want to live in utopia. Uh, me, yeah. <laughs> me too. Me too. We, we're, we're all, you know, uh, but at the same time, I mean, anybody who's risen to the level of CEO is probably not the best person. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. There's ulterior motives all the time. There's no um, good CEO. But as far as this individual guy, I, I don't think I'm going to agree with Sandy on this one. I don't think he was coming from the uh, angle of directly trying to shame people or yell at people. He was just kind of, he was making a broader statement about the market of like, yeah, people fucking buy all this stuff. So it's yes. what's provided. Yeah, um, and want, then, so like, if people are mad at foods because they taste better and here, look, yeah. to your point, Matt, here's what he said. And, and maybe you can say he's telling the truth or he's not telling the truth, but this is what he said. And I think he's in a position to know Whole Foods has opened up stores in inner city in inner cities. We've opened up stores in poor areas and we see the choice is less about access and more about people making poor choices. I think that's a somewhat well, a misguided business. statement. I think he's saying, well, yeah, we, yeah. we open up, we open up stores and people will, if they have a dollar, they would rather spend it on soda than like you know, then fruit, it's not, that's the, that's what I think. Cause that's the what he's dollar now, will get you a whole soda as opposed to, you know, half a piece of a, half a pomegranate. Right. You know, it's just the but price. You don't the need pr- the soda. You can just not spend the dollar at all. And you know, or you could spend on an entire soda. bushel of bananas. Um, pro- I mean, even if you had $10,000, the dollar spent on soda isn't helping you if you have an obesity problem. Yeah. Right. Well, the other thing too I want to say is that when he says we've opened stores in inner city communities, I, I will call out that part because what he really means is we're opening stores in gentrifying neighborhoods. <laughs> that's what's what he really means when he says yeah, that. And, he, and people might be saying he might be saying, "Well, look, I've opened up stores, but if the people can't afford what you're buy, what you're selling." But yeah. there's also the flip side is that if if anyone has a given amount of money, they will still over they will they will spend it on stuff that they want to eat. Uh, as opposed to eating healthy, and it's not the it's not the money. It's the well, I'd rather really still have ice cream. You know and what? That's another true... possible. That's that rings true to me about human behavior is that you're gonna you're gonna spend the stuff on the stuff that you want. Uh, but even if not, if it was not true, that's definitely a distinct possibility that people are. It's not. It's not really a. It's not as much of a money issue as you think. We just need to start fat, banning rich people unhealthy will eat, food. Will eat terribly. Yeah. Yeah. This, this America, this America, we don't ban unhealthy food because I have the freedom. I have yeah, the freedom I mean, to eat Trump, barbecue every day if I want. He's, had, he's a billionaire. Like there, that this, this, sometimes cost doesn't really make a difference in a. In, in whether someone's obese or not. No, I, I don't believe in, in banning any unhealthy food. I because I, I do believe in freedom. You know, I mean, I, I know I make that voice in time. There was the Michael B- Bloomberg uh, banning soda thing. Yeah, oh, I was just gonna fucking say that. That yeah. was hilarious, and it lasted like less than a month because everyone thought it yeah. was so goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, what we're talking about New York City about six or seven years ago. Mayor at the time, Mike Bloomberg decided to ban a certain size of soda. Like you couldn't buy above a certain <laughs> size of soda. Sizes. It was like the big, big gulp. Like, come on. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so what people did, they just bought two small ones. Like, fuck right, this guy. So, yeah. yeah. It was, it was not pretty, very thought out. No, it was not. It was very <laughs> dumb. And no, I, I, I think people should be educated. And I think people uh, should have the freedom to eat shitty food if they want to, though. Um, so anyway, so as far as the outrage goes sure. in this one, um, I understand where people are coming from, but uh, it's not the CEO's responsibility to make nice when it comes to shit like this. So I got to go fake outrage. Um, going real outrage, I, baby. All right. What's that? I'm going real. He's going real. He's going legit. Oh, good. Okay, good. 
So Sandeep, you were the deciding vote, sir. Yeah, you know, for first, I think he wasn't. He wasn't. He literally in the quotes wasn't trying to be a dick. Like he wasn't. His tone mm-hmm. wasn't. Ah, oh, these people go fuck themselves. They're these poor people. They're they're just lost causes and they make bad choices. He, but he was giving his opinion on. Look, I've seen the data, and people do go for the, for the um for the more unhealthy stuff. And it's goddamn tasty. That's why. I mean, and in his in his quotes, he it wasn't like coming off as uh, as mean spirited. So no, no, no. Um, I I completely agree with you. I just think what yeah. he said was misguided, and he didn't really think about how it affects people other than himself out of his you know. $1.2 billion mansion. I'm and you know what? I, I agree with that. Uh, and I agree again, fuck that guy individual on an individual basis. Like I, I'm sure I wouldn't want to hang out with that guy. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Um, so yeah, so two to one, uh, fake outrage in that one. Um, so now we get to the part where we ask our guest, Matt, is there anything you are currently outraged about that you want to let some steam off on before we go? Yeah, man, of course. Um, I am especially <laughs> outraged about, this is a bit niche, um, I think I, I mentioned before we started recording that I am currently a temp at a company uh, that I'll leave mm-hmm. unnamed for the podcast, um, <laughs> even though I have not signed any non-disclosure agreements. But you know what? I'll be respectful. But uh, I think the treatment of temps in the economy is... Okay. I was going to I mean, there's a lot of things under the umbrella about how temps are treated, mm-hmm. but um, I've never been a temp before uh, the pandemic. And... I don't know if you guys have ever tempt, no. but it is I have. the absolute bottom of the barrel treatment for uh, an employee that one could receive at a company. And I am outraged. You know what? I like that outrage. Um, and I, I think it actually speaks to an even broader point, which is employee treatment in general over the last several decades has been steadily deteriorating in this country. And cause that's cause we don't have unions anymore. And we, we, we've had just decreased benefits and decreased wages for a while. I mean, they call it the gig economy for a reason. And it's because people are no longer like companies just for whatever reason, well, the reason's obvious. They just don't want to give out full-time jobs anymore. They don't want to give out benefits. Yeah, they don't want to sure. pay people more. They want to just find a way to put you in the category of either temp or contractor or whatever the fuck it is. So they can pay you as little as they can and tell you to go fuck yourself. Um, so I, I really, um, I really like that outrage just because it's something that's personal to me. Um, because I'm, you know, I'm a former union delegate. I've been to many fight for 15 rallies, um, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, worker treatment is among the, my top personal issues and not, this is not a political show, but you struck that nerve with me just now. So fuck. Yeah, dude. I'm, yeah. you know, uh, and so because the thing is like, now let me ask you, is it more so the, um, from the company itself in like in terms of like how much they're paying you or whatever, or is it more like the fact that everyone else at the office is like, here's the fucking temp guy come to work again. <laughs> you know, like what's the, uh, what, what's the, well, what's the angle, it's, I guess? it's more so that, um, we do the same job as the people that are full-time, but you know, they bring mm-hmm. you in seasonally and yeah. then they keep you on for like five months and they keep stringing you along and saying, Oh yeah, we'll make you full-time next month. We'll make you full-time next month. We'll tell you if we're going to extend your contract on the last day of the contract. So you don't know if you need to apply for another job or, you know, you ride it out another month and there's no benefits like you said. And yep. the, the pay is fine. Like it's not that bad, but you mm-hmm. know, there's, with the no benefits, there's no healthcare. So I'm just like, so you have to spend half your fucking page bleeding yeah. myself dry on, you know, not having, uh, actual benefits from a company. And, uh, 
it just seems like, all right, this is the thing that kind of set me off for the beginning of the temp thing. So it's the height of, uh, well, it's about a month after George Floyd was killed. Sorry, we're going to get super political um, <laughs> by the police. And, you know, our company did like a sensitivity day and they said, if anybody <laughs> wants to donate to any charity, we will match your donation. And I was like, that is a beautiful sentiment. And, you know, I was like, I am going to contribute. I rarely go out of my dip out of my pocket and contribute. I try to $10 here and there, but that's day I was like, you know what? I'm going to put a hundred dollars in to this company called the Southern poverty law center. And I was very proud mm-hmm. of myself. And I brought my receipt that Monday uh, to the HR person. And they said, sorry, we, we don't match uh, oh. con- donations for temps. Oh, man. You have to be a full-time employee. Yeah. And I was like, excuse me after the day of sensitivity training, you're going to go with a loophole on me. Yeah. And that was yeah. like, after that, I've just been so wary of everything. Well, yeah. I mean, being told treated. that you're a second class citizen to your face like that, I imagine is fucking enraging, especially when you're trying to do like a very nice thing like that. I was so close to just like going postal on the company. I was like, <laughs> all right, I am going to just start blasting them. But I was like, ah, then I'm going to be unemployed again. <laughs> and I don't know if I can collect unemployment. And then, you know what? The selfishness of this um, this society where we're all kind of met, screwed by large corporations. You're like, is another company going to see that I uh, wrote all these negative things and then I'm unemployable forever? So I just said, you know what? I'm going to suck it up. It's $100. It's whatever. But it was infuriating at the time. Yeah. I. You know what? I... That's one of our best outrages ever on this show. I really fucking like that because it was it was something that both spoke to a broader issue, which is like workplace treatment, but also a personal issue because, you know, you you have a story there where you tried to fucking do do something nice and kind of based on their own nicety. That was their idea. Exactly. They came up with it and they didn't give me the fine print. There was no fine print that day. And then suddenly the fine print comes to the foreground yeah those fucking fuckers anyway that is a good place to end on the fine print there i think um thank you all for listening if you have 30 seconds of your life give us a nice five-star review on the itunes that sounds goofy but it does help out we dip definitely deeply appreciate that um email us at the fake outrage report at gmail.com i'm on the the grams and the tweets although i barely ever fucking use twitter at fucking phil that's fucking with a ph and an underscore in between that and the phil uh sandeep send comic you're that's how it's yours right yes sandeep send comic um and matt where where do people find you if they want to call you fat or something (laughs) uh i'm fat matt no i'm just kidding um i'm uh on twitter at 69 bro (laughs) i'm on twitter at matt levy 51 and i'm on instagram at the uh horribly named uh matterday underscore night underscore levy that is very painful but i am a huge snl nerd so hey there it is that's that's pretty cool i i I actually i think that's a more clever nickname than you're you're giving yourself credit for um thank you and before we go as always sandeep sen any parting thoughts you know a more offensive costume than a covid halloween costume is is dressed as someone who makes bad food choices (laughs) (laughs) back (laughs) there we go that's why sandeep sen comic right there that's right that's right